Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hello, and uh, we are back after the Astros uh, played yesterday to preempt us. We are back on this Thursday, September 15th, the year 2022. You know what kind of day it is today, huh? It's a Chamber of Commerce day. Just beautiful, cool in the morning. Sunshine is out. Remember, we went for month, weeks on weeks on weeks on end. And now we've got some sun. Uh, the cars are driving around with the tops off. The convertibles are going. It's just great, great football weather. And we've got uh, we've got all kinds of stuff for you today, including week two of Thursday night football. Get ready for touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. Bet on L.A., the Chargers, or Kansas City, the Chiefs, to win. If your team leads by seven at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet on any football game, that's code 1037 game only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana, select parishes only, bonus issued as free bets, one early win token issued at opt-in money line bets only, deposit and wagering restrictions apply, eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensing partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Gambling problem, call 1-877-770-STOP. My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the game studio, spinning the tunes, pushing all the buttons. He on the campus of Delta Media, which houses 1037, the game, which uh, is where we are in Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles. We are streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you happen to be in the Acadiana area, well, turn on your television set because we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Nothing lasts Forever, And a tennis legend has ended his career with 20 Grand Slam titles. He will play one last tournament. Roger Federer, at age 41, is calling it a career. Just after weeks after Serena Williams played what is believed to be her final professional tournament, Roger Federer announced today that he's retiring from the sport. Um, he will play one more tournament, the Laver Cup in London, played from September 23rd through the 25th. He cited injury issues as one of the main reasons he will stop playing. Um, 20 Grand Slam titles, third to Rafa Nadal at 22 with 22 and Novak Djokovic with 21, both of whom are still active. I fully believe from the bottom of my heart 
If Federer had not been hurt, he would retire uh, with more Grand Slam titles than anyone else. He is certainly on the Mount Rushmore of tennis greats. Uh, and what a trifecta of superstars tennis has gone through on the men's side with Federer, Djokovic, and Nadal. So um, all good things must, at one point in time, come to an end. Uh, today, on the show, we will take you behind enemy lines. We'll introduce you to the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Raging Cajuns going on to Rice to take on the Owls after their big, big win over McNeese. Um, Greg Allman will give us up-to-date, up-to-the-minute news on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as Tom Brady and company come to Caesars Superdome on Sunday. That's just our number one. And our number two, Hump Day Plus One with Mike Huguenin from On3.com. We'll go over all the, well, the Sunbelt Conference just gained all kind of stature last weekend with all the upsets that they had. And we'll talk about the biggest games on the college football scene week number three. Um with Michael Huguenin. Can you guess where college game day is this week? It's at App State. They take on Troy. So the Sun Belt getting some love uh, based upon their big upset win last weekend. That's terrific. And we'll go over the week two odds with Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. So we got a busy, busy day planned for you on this beautiful football uh, Thursday as we got the NFL. What another matchup, huh? Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, the Chargers, the Chiefs. Um, boy, just the 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 uh, the, SC, the NFL just uh, just is doing it right, doing it right. Boy, I tell you what, LSU Mississippi State gonna be tough, gonna be tough. This Will Rogers can sling it around the yard. Um, he's comfortable in the air raid system. Um, man, against Arizona, he was just nickel and diamond, nickel and diamond, nickel and diamond. And you saw uh, LSU and their opener against Florida State, third down conversions. Ooh, it's going to be tough, tough sledding for the Tigers on this one. They better get their offense in gear, and they better give Jaden Daniels some help. Uh, Jaden Daniels has been terrific. His Tiger Stadium debut, he was 10 for 11 with four touchdowns three via the pass, one via the run, and a very limited blowout win over Southern University. So um, he's going to have to play huge against a very, very good defense from the Bulldogs of Mississippi State. So um, abbreviated headlines today. We, we're going to take you uh, and, and meet all the opposition in our number one. We're going to meet Mississippi State. We're going to meet Rice. We're going to meet the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to make it all happen. So um, we are brought to you today by Eon of Louisiana with locations now Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. Uh, the first robotic touchless laser device that uh, all you feel uh, as you lay on your back is you feel a cool, like it's a cool fan blowing on you. Meanwhile, that laser's working and it's getting rid of your fatty cells and your troublesome spots once and for all i tried it i'm a customer you would not believe the before and after pictures so men and women alike man it is terrific 
They have financing available through Cherry. It takes 10 seconds to apply, get approved. You can pay later, pay over time. It is a, it's a great, look, it's never too early to start thinking about Christmas presents for your loved one. Uh, this is the time. Go uh, look up Eon, E-O-N, of Louisiana, Miss Terry LaPerry. Tara LaPerry is the boss. She takes care of all of this stuff. You go in for a consultation. She'll tell you all the nuances. And I'm telling you, it works. Gets rid of those troublesome areas once and for all. I can lay claim to it. I did it. Never felt better. Never felt anything. Boy, I'm fitting in the clothes that I fit. In, they used to wear in college. It's a great, great feeling. All right, we'll take our first time out of the day. We'll take on Mississippi State next with Robbie Falk here on the Jordy Heltberg Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. And we are back and better than ever here. Uh, we're waiting for our guest who covers the Mississippi State Bulldogs for 247 Sports, Robbie Falk. Uh, we'll see. Maybe it's a, maybe there's some issues there. We'll see. Um, I don't know if there are 25 teams better than Mississippi State. I just don't think there are. They're not in. Uh, uh, they're not in. Uh, James, he says he's in there. So if you can pull him up, he's, he's there. So... Um, Y'all figure that out on your end, please. Um, but, you know, Texas A&M gained nine first downs in a loss as a three-score favor to App State, um, and, and they're still in the top 25, and Mississippi State isn't at 2-0. Uh, and oh. I, I don't understand it. I think that's troublesome news for LSU, and I think that's troublesome news for the rest of the SEC West. I think they have the old proverbial chip on their shoulder. Um, a lot of people are sleeping on Mississippi State. I don't think the odds makers are. They have them a slight favorite, two-point favorite, uh, this weekend in Tiger Stadium where, believe it or not, Mississippi State has only won twice in the past three decades. Robbie, are you there? Yes, sir. Okay. Hey, Robbie, I'm sorry. Uh, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm making it. I'm making it. I'm in the process of trying to uh, build a house oh. and on top of that cover college football it's uh it, it's, that's it's a good daunting. times right now that's a daunting task your plate is full i appreciate a few minutes here um everybody talks about mississippi state and the air raid offense but i think this team's more balanced robbie than than maybe any other mike leach team has they've got a lot of veterans on that defensive side and this is a dangerous club is this the best mississippi state club you've seen in a while uh, best one under Mike Leach, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. You know, they, they've had some really good defenses, might not have the good offenses, and then vice versa. This team's pretty balanced. They have a pretty good defense. The offense has shown the ability to run the football a little bit this year, a little more balanced than what than what Mike Leach usually has. So, I mean, it, it's the best team in a while. I think that this year, just the start of the schedule, if Mississippi State's able to win this weekend, that's a yep. big caveat. It, it reminds me a lot of that 2014 season. And uh, myself and my co-host on my podcast, Brian Haydad on Thunder and Lightning, we've been talking about that this week. You know, it's got a similar feel to that 2014 team. And we're not saying that they're going to be number one in the country right. by any means. Right. I'm not saying that team's going to win 10 games, compete for the West or whatever. But 
they came into in Baton Rouge, didn't have a whole lot of uh, national buzz. They right. won that ball game in Baton Rouge, and people really started to jump on board, and that kind of would springboard them into number one. Um, I think this has a very similar feel, maybe not to that extent, but if Mississippi State does go into Tiger Stadium and win this game, mm-hmm. I think you're talking about this program and this team this year a lot differently on Monday than you were coming into this game. Uh, back in 2014, you had a guy named Dak Prescott. He ended up pretty good. This Will Rogers is pretty good too, isn't he? He is, and I, I don't think enough people are really giving him credit. And I think a lot of that is due to the stigma around Mike Leach and his right. offense. Um, I mean, we all know covering Mike Leach um, over the years, covering college football, watching him at Texas Tech and at Washington State, doesn't matter who he puts out there. They're usually going to have some big-time passing numbers. But when you put into what Will Rogers has done, when you put that into perspective, I, I researched this last week, and I'm looking at Cliff Kingsbury. I'm looking at Graham Harrell. I'm looking at um, Luke Falk and all these guys that played under Mike Leach, and not a single one of them has had the completion percentage that Will Rogers has. Will Rogers, this season closing in on 80% completion percentage, there's only been two quarterbacks under Mike Leach that have played, that has started for more than one season, that has completed more than 70% of their passes. Will Rogers is one of them, and I believe Graham Harrell was the other one. Okay. So he's doing something that – no one else has ever done under Mike Leach, and he's got a chance to be the most prolific quarterback he's ever had. And to your point, he's just not nickel and diamond. He's throwing 20-plus yard completions this year more so than he's ever had, right? He is. He, he's looking downfield a little more. And I think that there, you know, there, there's that exactly what you're saying, that nickel and diamond, the dink and dunk. I think that gets used too much on Will Rogers because uh-huh. while it might be an eight-yard pass, a 10-yard pass he's throwing – a lot of these passes are not wide open passes. They're, they're, he's fitting them through tight windows. Two or three of his touchdowns uh, last week were really good passes that's not easy to make. And uh, the fact that he's doing that, I think he deserves a little more credit than he gets. He does, he's not the most talented guy um, in college football from an arm perspective, but his ability to run that offense at the rate that he's doing mm-hmm. – is as impressive as just about anybody in the country right now because he's got such a command over it. Uh, yeah, Robbie Falk, kind enough to join us. He's a busy man. Your house looks good behind you, by the way. Um, this defense, it's a three-three-five. They've got eight returning starters. They've got a lot of veterans. And I guess the main thing they do is they don't allow you to run the football. Memphis and Arizona, less than 85 yards a game against those two teams teams like to run it state just won't let you what do they what, what makes them so good defensively i think they just know their fits they they fill gaps well they're very fundamentally sound from a run perspective um and there's you know there's some plays in the passing game you know there might be um a breakdown in coverage or something for big plays that happen or you know a blitz might might kind of haunt them on a big pass play and we saw that a couple of times last year against lsu Mm-hmm. But for the most part, they defend the run really well. Uh, one of the better run defenses in the SEC since Zach Arnett's been here last year. They're really good. Um, they have a propensity to give up a big play every now and then. But I, I feel like this unit is it could be Zach Arnett's best since he's been here because of the third year in the system, obviously. But you have so many veterans in that group at just about every position and uh, to me, the secondary is more talented than it's been. They brought in – the last two years, they've brought in a couple of defensive backs. 
out of the transfer portal. Jalen Green from Texas last year, Jackie Matthews from West Virginia this year. I think both of those guys have made the safety group more athletic. And that's been the key because a lot of times, you know, the cornerbacks might be blitzing. Um, and they might be a, there might be an all-out blitz with a safety left on an island. you got to have a safety back there that can guard a wide receiver. Yeah. And they have a couple of those guys in Jalen Green and Jackie Matthews that can get out there and, and make sure that they get a stop uh, down the field on a big pass play. Um, Robbie, is Mike Leach evolving a little bit? I know they still throw the ball all around the yard, but their rushing attempts are up. Is that, Was that simply to do with the – the style of the game they were playing, or is that a, a point of emphasis this year more so than ever? I think it is a, a point of emphasis. I think they're trying to open up the pass a little more by running the football. Uh, we saw it last the last two weeks early in the game. They've come out running the football. I think, you know, the first couple of possessions, they had 50 to 60 yards rushing, and it was kind of a surprise. But I think more more than anything, it could just be – that he has a lot of faith in his running backs. Dylan Johnson and Jaquavius Marks have played a lot of football games for Mississippi State. They're in their third year. They were thrown in the fire as freshmen. And I think that that had a, a little to do with, you know, putting more pressure on the passing game because they were so young. But it's kind of evolved each year now, and there's it's, he's shown more balance. Uh, two weeks ago, I think they had 34, 35 rushes. It was the second most rushes that Mike Leach mm-hmm. has had as a coach at Mississippi State. Wow. You and mentioned last 20. Week, yeah. Last week had a big week as well. Um, and the big thing to me is, the, you know, you look at the net yards as a team, and I think they had maybe close to 100 yards last week, close to 100 yards against Memphis. But the running backs are picking up five, six yards a carry. Uh, you know, Will Rogers is going to, you know, kind of diminish that to- total a little bit when he is sacked or has negative yards rushing or something. Those guys, that's what you're looking for. When Mississippi State's calling a run, what are the running backs doing? And they're picking up five or six yards. I think that's the key. They're moving the chains. They're moving forward. And it's going to make it tougher and tougher for teams to game plan how they have for Mike Leach with those three down linemen right. and dropping everybody back. Right. It's going to be a lot harder to do that when you have running backs that can pick up uh, six or seven yards on first down. So it's I, always about think, protect. It's always about protecting and keeping the quarterback clean. He gets rid of the ball so quickly sometimes, so it really takes away the pass rush. But has has the offensive line improved? I think they've been solid. I think they've been solid. You have um, the probably the best offensive lineman or offensive tackle in school history leave in Charles Cross. Right. Uh, goes to the NFL draft in the first round. And it, you're not going to be better than that this year. That's you, you can't expect to be better than Charles Cross. But I think uh, Dollar Bill Johnson, as he's so affectionately known, <laughs> he's done a really good job at left tackle. He's a senior. He's moved around from guard to tackle. It's his first year at left tackle, and I think he's done solid. They didn't have a great game from the right tackle, Cam Jones, last week, but that's a veteran guy. More often than not, you expect him to be okay. And the interior's been pretty good. They've had back-to-back offensive linemen of the week honors for their center, LaQuinston Sharp, who's in his fifth or sixth year. And, um, you know, the two guards have been solid, Nick Jones and Cole Smith, who was a former LSU Tiger. Yeah. Um, the offensive line's been solid, but this is, a, this is a different test this week. This isn't Memphis or Arizona. Yeah. This is four- and five-star talent up front. And I know Mason Smith isn't there, but, 
I mean, you're sliding. I mean, what are we talking about? You're sliding in another four or five star guy. That's right. So this is going to be a this is going to be the biggest challenge to the year thus far, and we'll see what they do. I think the the concern uh, for me, if I was an LSU fan, is if I am bringing pressure, is Will Rogers going to make me pay for that? Because he yeah. has been he has been really good against yeah. pressure. Yeah. Um, I think state. I think the key for state is to give him enough time back there to let plays develop. But right. uh, I thought last year LSU had one of the better game plans defensively against Mississippi State's offense, and I'm I'm really interested to see what they do because last year when they did start bringing a little more pressure on Will Rogers, I thought that state had more success offensively as opposed to just letting Will Rogers try to just dink and dunk it like yeah you all mentioned down the field. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the most effective way to address this offense is keep everything in front of you and make them try to try Long to get drives, try to get turnovers, but yep. it's going to be tough for Mississippi state to get in the end zone from the five with the way that they run the football. So um, I think that's probably the best thing to do. Cause we start bringing pressure. Will Rogers has been really good against it. We shall see uh, that 2014 season, uh, Mississippi State came into bat- to Baton Rouge and knocked off LSU, and they cracked the AP Top 25 for the first time. That time, history may have a way of repeating itself. If they beat LSU Saturday, they'll get in the Top 25 in 2022. We shall see. I think it's the most daunting test for LSU this season to date, and I think it's the, the most daunting test for uh, Mississippi State to date during this season. We'll see what happens, but uh, – Man, thank you so much, Robbie. I appreciate the time. Continued success with Thunder and Lightning. Uh, and uh, safe travels, man. And and get that house built right. Get it built right, okay? I appreciate you. I'm making my first football appearance in, in Baton Rouge. I'm, I'm pumped. Um, leave, your, leave yourself plenty of time to get there. Traffic gets a little interesting. So give yourself yeah, plenty of leeway, all right? I've heard. I appreciate okay, you, Robbie. Thanks thank for you, buddy. On. Take care. Robbie Falk covering the Mississippi State Bulldogs Thunder and Lightning podcast. Um, Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. We'll take a quick time out here. Uh, When we come back, it's time to talk Raging Cajuns, Rice Owls. David Saltzman will join us. We had him last week. He was doing the McNeese-Rice game on ESPN3. He's doing the Cajuns game against Rice on ESPN3. So we'll get his television perspective up close and personal about the Owls. When we return to the Jordy Helpert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the Tigers and Astros in Southwest Louisiana. He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look marvelous. Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Are you ready for week two of Thursday night football? Get ready for touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on the Chargers or the Chiefs to win. If your team leads by seven at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team ends up losing. How about that? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet 
on any football game. That's code 1037 game only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You know the drill. You got to be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt in. Money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1 877 770 STOP. Uh, David Saltzman had to, uh, something came up and he had to, uh, he apologized. He had to bail on us. Uh, things happen. Uh, no problem. We will move on because uh, Saturday, um, at Rice Stadium in Houston, Texas, the Raging Cajuns will take on the Rice Owls. Uh, the Cajuns open up as a 12 and a half. I think you can get it down. I think it's down to 11 and a half point favorites in this one. The betting total is at 53 and a half. Cajuns, of course, are 2-0. Uh, very impressive win the last time they stepped on the field, took on the Eastern Michigan Eagles. And after a slow start, they ended up blitzkrieging the Eagles 49-21. to um, Ben Rolrich was awesome, 12 of 13, 169 yards through the air and two touchdowns. Um, he is a lot higher percentage throwing quarterback. Uh, so we'll see how much play he gets in, in this one. Um, so Caden still want to run the ball. They ran it 35 times for 149 yards, 4.3 yards per temp, per attempt. Uh, they had 69 total plays, 459 yards. So, um, pretty good. And the two quarterbacks combined for 324 yards and a completion percentage of 64%. So, um, I just really believe the Owls uh, of Rice going to have their hands full. Yeah, they took home a 52-10 to 10 win against McNeese. Um, and T.J. McMahon, uh, you know, four touchdown passes, 274 yards, 20 of 29 through the air. Uh, really good quarterback rating, but UL has a much better defense than uh, McNeese. They just do. Uh, and Rice has a propensity to um, get themselves, shoot themselves in the foot. They get penalized an awful lot, uh, and they give up a lot of points, 38 points per game. Of course, they were most of those came against uh, Southern Cal. So we understand, we understand that. Now, the Cajuns aren't Southern Cal, but the Cajuns certainly aren't McNeese. Um, so I, I really like the Cajuns to extend their, their um, win streak what is it now? 15 straight. I think they'll get to 16 straight. I like, I like uh, the Cajuns to win this thing by more than 11. I think it's a comfortable, comfortable win for them. Uh, I think this, um, they're good. They're just good. And I think that they will take advantage of the situation. I think their, their skill set is a lot better. I think their coaching staff's a lot better. Um, and I just, I just think they're just the better team. So, so give it up for the Cajuns as I think they continue uh, their streak. McNeese takes on Alcorn State. Um, and let's, let's hope that the home field advantage now, I hope the crowd shows up for the Cowboys um, against the SWAC team that's struggling, to say the very, very least. Um, if McNeese doesn't get this win, I don't know when they get a win. That's the significance and the importance uh, of this thing. So they better get it now. Uh, cause Alcorn state is not a good team. Um, and 
McNeese needs to take care of home field and and get it done because again, if they don't win this one, when are they going to win one? It's going to be tough sledding to say the very very least. Um, in the opener, they played Stephen F. Austin pretty well. Did Alcorn? They lost to twenty thirty one to twenty seven. Then they played at Tulane and got beat fifty two to nothing. 52 to nothing. So I think this is going to be a close game. Uh, but I like the Cowboys uh, to win it and to win it by a uh, touchdown, something like that. I, I think they'll be uh, be in good shape. So um, we'll give our predictions tomorrow on our football Friday edition. But but I like the Cajuns. I do like the uh, McNeese State Cowboys as well. So Put that in the bank and we'll see what happens. It's another two for one deal from AcadianaDeals.com. Today you can get a $40 voucher to Dickie's Barbecue Pit for just $20. That's a $40 deal for half the price. Once again, visit AcadianaDeals.com today. Get you a $40 voucher to Dickie's Barbecue Pit for only, only $20. And uh, I, uh, time is running out for you to score tickets to see the Houston Astros live and in person. Go register in the Game Rewards Club. For four tickets to see Houston take on Tampa Bay Saturday, October 1st. We'll even throw in a tour of the ballpark, hotel accommodations that Saturday night. This is the last Astros weekend giveaway of the regular season. Astros weekend getaways powered by Butcher AC, Lay Meridian, Houston downtown in the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Speaking of Tampa Bay, we're not talking baseball. We're talking NFL football. We'll take you behind enemy lines. Greg Allman covers the Bucks. We'll get the preview of the Saints Bucks on Sunday in Caesars Superdome when we return next here on the Jordy Helper Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the Tigers and the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're back. Uh, The Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, broke the Saints' stranglehold on the NFC South in 2021, winning the division after the Saints had locked it down for four seasons in a row. The problem for the Bucs is the Saints have a seven-game regular season win streak against Tampa Bay, dating back to the second half of 2018, including the four contests with Tom Brady at the helm of the Bucs offense. The Bucs, though, did win the most important game in that span, a 2020 divisional round matchup, part of their team's run to Super Bowl 55. Uh, otherwise, the Saints have prevailed seven times by an average score of 30 to 15, which means absolutely nothing come this Sunday because it's a new day, it's a new game. But the man that wrote about the Bucks, Champa Bay, has been covering them since 2013 for The Athletic, the Tampa Bay Times. And it's great to have Greg Allman back to spend 10 good minutes with us. Greg, good afternoon, buddy. I love the title, Champa Bay. That's awesome. No, thanks very much. Yeah, big game and, and, and one that Bucks have really struggled with, like you said, last couple of years. Uh, Todd Bowles even told the players this week that it's not really a rivalry unless there's more of a, a give and take between the two programs. What what is it? What have the Saints done from your viewpoint, and and, and that has dominated the Bucks in the regular season of late? Yeah, Dennis Allen has solved this offense better than anybody has. I mean, in terms of consistently getting Tom Brady to make mistakes, um, it's like Brady's got you know four regular season games against the Saints. Brady has eight interceptions and two fumbles. Um, he hasn't had that in any span against a division opponent since 05. 
um, wow. and that's all the in all the AFC East days with the Patriots and everything. Um, consistent sacks; they've had at least three sacks in all four games. Um, Brady, I mean, you think about games with three or more turnovers. Brady's done it three times in five games against the Saints. He's done it one time in thirty-five games against everybody else. So they they just, like I said, have have found a way to get to him in a way that nobody else has really done since he's been here in Tampa. Um, maybe Julio Jones stopped over in St. Augustine um, and got a little uh, water and a little fountain of youth because he, he looks like he looks like he's turned back the clock. Yeah, I mean, obviously his, his last two years have been so significantly limited by injury and by that hamstring he's dealing with. Um, he's he's actually potentially sidelined. He's got a knee injury from from Sunday that could shelve him on mm. Sunday, but I think he'll be able to go. But yeah, you're right to see him back out there Sunday catching a 48 yard pass. Um, that would do a lot for this offense if they can have him consistently healthy and, and making plays like uh, like 2019 Julio Jones. <laughs> um, you mentioned a little injury there. You got another wide receiver with a hamstring problem. You got an offensive lineman. What's the health of the Bucks offensively? Yeah, definitely some question marks. Um, Chris Godwin, who had come back from ACL surgery last week and played Sunday, has a hamstring. I doubt he goes. Um, they had five receivers on the injury report yesterday. I think most of them will be able to go. Uh, Mike Evans should be able to go. Julio, I think, will be able to go. Uh, you know, Russell Gage, Brashad Perriman, the, the rest of them there. Their left tackle would be a, a big miss if they don't have him. Uh, Donovan mm-hmm. Smith had to leave the game Sunday in Dallas with an elbow injury. He's got a hyperextended elbow where they think it's probably more of a pain tolerance issue than anything. But he hasn't practiced the first two days, so he's he's also a question mark and. And their backup isn't nearly as good, so that'd be a big help for Cam Jordan uh, if if they're down a tackle for sure. Uh, Greg Allman with us talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers noon kickoff inside Caesars Superdome. Um, everybody talks in this part of the world about the the matchup of Evans and Marshawn Lattimore, and and how Lattimore seems to get in his head. Is that does that make any news up in Tampa? Oh, it does. I mean, we, I've been writing about that for three, four years. I mean, you go okay. back to. Them going back and forth, and, and Jameis, back when Jameis was on the Bucks, Jameis, you know, shoving or putting his hand on Lattimore, and then Mike Evans kind of blindsided Lattimore, yeah. trying to protect his quarterback, if you will. And nobody in the league has done as good a job to, to shut Mike Evans down the way Marshawn has. Um, it, it'll be a battle. I mean, you go back, I, I forget the numbers, but I mean, it's at least the last three or four times they faced him. Um, you know, they've effectively taken Evans away to where they don't even really throw to him much. Now, again, if you have other threats. If you have not necessarily a Godwin, but a Julio Jones and a Russell Gates to throw to, that helps uh, negate the factor of losing your top receiver. But no, that's a great rivalry. There's 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 a nastiness between the two of them uh, <laughs> sure where they've gone back and forth. I think Lattimore got a penalty for shoving Evans last year, the year before, but they, they don't like each other. Yeah, it's, 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 it's tremendous. You, you saw... Uh, Jameis Winston, it, it, when he was at Tampa, you saw him with some some put up some great numbers. You saw him throw up some really bad numbers. I've only seen him for a little bit, and he was hurt for after seven games last season. But the last 15 minutes of um, the opening game against the Atlanta Falcons when the Saints looked like they couldn't do anything, that's the best I've seen Jameis Winston play. He was unbelievable. Yeah, to throw for whatever, 213 yards, uh, two touchdowns to Michael Thomas in a quarter, is a reminder of who he can be. I mean, again, you had almost nothing for three quarters. I think he had thrown for 56 yards in the first three quarters. Um, I felt like last year uh, he had success and really uh, was kind of reined in a little bit. 
and yep. and obviously didn't wasn't thrown out all over the place, but had the kind of touchdown interception ratio he's never really had in the NFL. Um, to where if they can fine tune that, um, you know he, he can't complain about the weapons he's got. To have Michael Thomas and Chris Olave and Jarvis Landry, um, you know Kamara obviously helps out. They they've got the offensive talent for him. Um, maybe took a step back on the offensive line, um, but he's got you know all, all the talent in the world to to make this a team that's a threat. Um, and this is a big chance for him to to kind of prove himself. Um, maybe as being the playmaker he was in Tampa without being yeah. quite the the turnover guy that he had problems with uh, when he was here with the Bucks. Greg, uh, I think both of these teams, believe it or not, even though you got the greatest quarterback that's ever played in Tom Brady and the Saints with with Sean Payton for all those years and Drew Brees. Everybody always talked about the offense, but I think both of these teams are going to go as far as they can based on their defense. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, obviously, a big part of why New Orleans has, has had success against the Bucs is that defense. Um, not only the pressure up front, but just, you know, a lot of playmaking defensive backs that get their hands on the ball and, and make plays. Uh, the Bucks defense looked great Sunday. I mean, to hold Dallas, I mean, it's, it's a, an injury-depleted Dallas Cowboys team, but to hold them to, to three points and, and barely yeah. 200 yards uh, was really a, a strong indication of what they can be when they're healthy. I think last year the Bucks defense was, was really hit hard by a bunch of injuries, especially in the secondary. Um, they like their defense, and if they can stay healthy, you know that that's that's probably what won them a Super Bowl two years ago was, was the defense's play of the Super Bowl, and, and you know holding the Chiefs in check and, and getting turnovers on the path to the Super Bowl as well. Bucks are favored in this thing. Uh, you buying that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's one of those where, um, yeah, I mean, you, you're not thinking about their history when you make that line, probably, just so much as, uh, you know, New Orleans didn't. I mean, I, I don't know what the line would be if New Orleans dominates Atlanta in week one, right. but right. New Orleans didn't look good. I mean, that, that's a, a bad Falcons team that was up 16 in the fourth quarter on them. So you're right. what we don't right. know is, is, is which is the real Saints team. Is it the one that came out in the fourth quarter and dominated or the one that that really looked rough for the first three quarters. Um, you know, I think the Bucks were probably a little bit more consistent against Dallas, but but we don't know. Like I said, if there's any team that, that's had a, a kryptonite for, for Tom Brady, it's definitely New Orleans. Uh, down in this part of the world, Leonard Fournette was a big part of um, the fan base's lives for what he did at LSU. It looks like he's turned the corner and has become such a an all-around, really, really good player for Tampa Bay. He blocks, he runs, he catches, he does everything. Yeah, he went for 129 on Sunday. Um, you know, was a huge part of their Super Bowl playoff push two years ago, and then just got paid in free agency this spring, where he's getting seven million dollars a year. Um, yeah, I mean, they they trust him to do everything. He'll catch a ton of passes from Brady. Um, you know, really was was strong running the ball, especially on the left side uh, in the opener on Sunday. He'll be a big part of things too. As much as we talk about the quarterbacks, um, if they can get Fournette to run the way he did in Dallas, that that's a great start towards a, a better result for the Bucks. Uh, there in New Orleans. Yeah. Well, the key is always, can you put pressure on Tom Brady? The Saints seem to do it pretty well uh, right up through the interior, um, uh, you know, where Tom likes to step up into the pocket, seems like a Saint is there. So it should be interesting. I, I think the Saints have a lot to prove, and this would be quite the win for for the Bucks. Um, and I, one last question. It's got to have been a zoo trying to cover all this with the 11-day absence and all that kind of stuff. Does that had has any effect whatsoever on this team in any way, shape, or form? 
I really don't think so. I mean, it, he's been back for three weeks now. Um, you know, it was awkward while he was gone just because, I mean, you think about Brady and how important every practice and every snap right. and every practice is. So, you know, whatever he's dealing with uh, in, in terms of personal issues, you, you know it's got to be important to pull him away from a team that he came out of retirement for. So, right. um, you know, I think the, the initial concern was how would he uh, – what would the chemistry like be with a new center, with a largely new offensive line, with some of the new targets – at receiver, and honestly, they look fine. I mean, they, they gave up two sacks to Micah Parsons, but otherwise the offensive line played really well. He and Julio seemed to be on the same page. I had a couple throws to Russell Gage. Um, you know, the newcomer rookies he's got at running back and tight end, they played well. So I, I think they're fine. I think that's something that was a, an absolute okay. storyline, you know, while he was yeah. gone. But since he's been back, it, it's kind of been back to normal. All right, Greg, I hope you uh, make the trip to New Orleans, have some good food, enjoy a really good football game in a very, very loud environment. Should be fun on Sunday. And as always, 10 good minutes with you, man. We are grateful and appreciative. Thank you so much. Oh, no problem. Thanks again. Enjoy the game on Sunday. All right, Greg Allman covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And just in case you want to get ready early, Thursday night football, even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. You want more action? Well, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on the Chargers or the Chiefs to win. Now, if your team leads by seven at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. Um, you know, the Saints, as far as their health is concerned, will have to wait uh, on the injury reports and wait till, you know, Saturday up until game time Sunday to see exactly uh, where they stand. Um, so much, so important, so critical to – Make sure that you get pressure on Tom Brady, plain and simple. Um, he's not the mobile guy. He is not, um, you know, he's not going to run around, but if you give him time, he'll tear you apart. Uh, Paulson Adebo was the only player missing from practice again today. Alvin Kamara was present for stretching, didn't appear to be practicing. Mark Ingram, Ryan Ramchek, Cam Jordan were all participating. Traquan Smith was in a red non-tack contact jersey again so um you know you're always going to get nicks and bruises and cuts and all that kind of stuff uh what matters is are you ready uh when sunday comes and we'll see uh i i i like to say the saints have a history um of getting to tom brady uh the bucks are playing consecutive road games after a sunday night game that's tough and they're banged up on offense. History, the Saints defense, gets after Tom Brady when his line is healthy, which it certainly isn't. I think the Saints defense comes up big 
after struggling last week. They don't have a mobile quarterback. Mariota can run. Brady's not going to try to run. That makes it easier for the Saints to pin back their ears and get after it. Get after it. And the secondary is going to have to step up and cover those backs out of the backfield, the tight end coming out, um, and all the receipt. And, and they're certainly capable for it. I really like the Saints in this one, uh, despite the fact that the Bucs are two and a half point road favorites. I would be. That's only because of the way the Saints, how poorly they look for three quarters against Atlanta. Plain and simple. All right, our number one's in the books. We'll make some picks. Michael Huguenin from on3.com. We'll talk all college football. And then the Schwab will join us from Yahoo Sports with his week two NFL picks here on the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Come on back. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two, and away we go on a day when a tennis legend said no more. 41-year-old Roger Federer is going to play in the Labor Cup later on this week, uh, next week, and that will end his run in the world of uh, tennis with 20 major championships injured, injured, injured so much of late. The time has come. We have the Chargers versus the Chiefs tonight to open up Week number two, does it get any better than Justin Herbert versus uh, Pat Mahomes? And on a sad note, former LSU Tiger, current Seattle Seahawks safety, Jamal Adams, expected to miss the remainder of the NFL season after suffering an injury to his quadriceps tendon in the team's opener. Uh, I hate to see that for a heck of a football player in Jamal Adams. It is Thursday. We were uh, preempted yesterday by the Houston Astros, so we can't let a week go without my main man, so it's hump day plus one. Let's do it. Uh-oh. Do you know what day it is? Huh? Anybody? It's time for Jordy to break down the biggest storylines in college athletics with Mike Huguenin of On3.com. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Here is Hump Day with Huguenin. On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Ah, week three of college football is upon us, but week two was a stunner. Hail to the Sun Belt, App State, Georgia Southern, Marshall, all pulling off upsets over Texas A&M, Nebraska, and Notre Dame, respectively. And now we've got week three. Michael Huguenin, good afternoon, buddy. That was a stunning week, huh? It was. It was uh, extremely entertaining for the most part, uh, unless you're a fan of A&M, Nebraska, <laughs> and Notre Dame. And I think the the stunner, I mean, Marshall winning in South Bend. Wow. Um, that's yeah, it's mind blowing on a lot of respects. I mean, this is Marshall missing its best player, Rashina Lee. They don't miss him because uh, Kalan LeBourne runs for 160 mm. plus, um, best game of his life. It, it's yeah, it was just a, just a stunning weekend, and then Notre Dame loses its starting quarterback for the season. So right. things have uh, gone extremely poorly for Marcus Freeman right out of the gate. 
it was a stunner so much to the point where Nebraska finally said enough is enough. Scott Frost is gone. And if they had waited another couple of weeks, uh, they wouldn't have to pay him $15 million as a buyout. Uh, but enough is enough. Is Nebraska a job that a top flight coach would want to go and try to resurrect? I think it, it depends on who the top flight coach is. Um, you know, I, I, I think, uh, Matt rule is a good college coach. I think he would be interested. Uh, I I think the Panthers are going to end up firing him. There's a lot of problems with Carolina. I don't know if Nebraska wants to wait that long. Um, Matt Campbell and Iowa state, there is said to be mutual interest. I think he's a top flight coach though. I will say that this is not the 1990s Nebraska. Mm -mm. So, Mm -mm. um, what, what gets Matt Campbell a statue in Ames, Iowa, um, will lead to grumbling in Lincoln, Nebraska. Because I think a lot of Nebraska fans still think that they should be, you know, one of the best teams in the country. I think those days are gone. Uh, I think the league they're in, especially with USC coming in, drops them further down the food chain in, in that league. Um, I, yeah, I, it's they should not be as bad as they are. But I, I work with Ivan Mazel and Ivan wrote a piece today. You know, can Nebraska repeat its past? And I don't think that they can be like they were in the 90s. Uh, I'm not even sure they can be a consistent title contender in the Big Ten. I think they're more along the lines of now Wisconsin or in Iowa, something of that nature, where you get to the you get to the league title game and you hope to pull an upset. Hmm. Um. Boy, what are you hearing out of Texas A&M and, um, and Jimbo Fisher? I mean, he, does he, has it gotten to the point where he has to check his ego at the door and get himself an offensive coordinator to call plays? I, I don't know about that, but, you know, I've seen people say, oh, he's, he's on the hot seat. He's on the hot seat. They owe him $81 million. That's right. God's sake. That's right. We're not getting rid of no, – even Texas A&M can't afford $81 million in dead money. Let's put it that way. Plus, you yep. have to pay the, the staffers. Then you have to pay the new coach. You know, it's a $100 million-plus proposition, so they're not getting rid of him. Um, he is going to ch- – I got to think that he's going to change to Max Johnson on Saturday. I guess, you know, he's, all coaches, you know, Sarkeesian at Texas is another. Who's starting the quarterback? Oh, we're not going to say. Right. I, I don't think the opposing team on a Thursday – is going to be, oh, my God, we got to change our game plan. It's, it's a little bit ludicrous. But, again, I don't know how you can run Haynes King back out there. Um, though I will say, if you're Kirk Ferentz, um, he's not changing quarterbacks. Um, mm-hmm. But I think there's a little bit more pressure on Jimbo. I think he does change quarterbacks. And, you know, I was playing Nevada this week. Well, A&M's playing Miami. And Miami has some players. So, um, and if you watch Haynes King last week, you saw a guy who – got inside his own head, I think, sort of like Anthony Richardson of Florida, started aiming the ball, making horrendous passes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the defense hung in there. You give up four, you give up 17 points, you should win if you're Texas A&M. But their offense was brutal. Uh, I yeah. think that, John, uh, that Max Johnson will be the starter, and let's see how that works with, with Fisher calling the plays. Um, I will say that I don't think that Jimbo Fisher has adapted – um, like he should to this new age college football. Yeah. Uh, I think he's a teeny bit behind the time still. Yeah, he's got the old same old playbook he's had forever. Mike Hugan and on3.com. More impressive in your mind 
Tennessee's 34-27 win at Pitt or Kentucky's 26-16 win at Florida? I think Kentucky, because of the way they dominated the last three quarters. Uh, I, I think if Pitt, if Slovis plays the whole game, I think Pitt wins. Um, and Pitt was not only down to its backup quarterback, that backup quarterback could not move by the fourth quarter. So mm-hmm. Tennessee was teeing off on him. You felt bad for Nick Patty. I thought they put him in some untenable situations. Um, Anthony Richardson went from looking really good in the first week to looking like a FCS quarterback in week <laughs> yes. two, a yes. brutal fall for Richardson. This Florida team looked like last year's Florida team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, last year they played Alabama in week three, had a chance to beat them, missed an extra point, and lost by two. Um, good effort, but they, they lost. They had great effort in week one against Utah and won, but then sort of like they fell apart after they played Alabama last year, uh, that looked a lot like the Florida team of last year. Anthony Richardson made one mistake, and he couldn't shake it off. He didn't, and he admitted that in the post game, saying, I, this, is, this loss is on me. I threw that bad pick. I couldn't get it out of my mind. I was obsessed about you know that kind of stuff. So um, Kentucky did not play all that well offensively. Um, you know they they're, they had a pick six for a touchdown and a eight yard drive for a touchdown set up by another interception. Um, outside of a seventy yard pass, they really didn't do much offensively. But that is a scrappy team, and that's what Mark Stoops brings to the table on an annual basis. Now this team scrap and fight and are physical. Yeah, uh, Mike, you get an on three dot com. Um, I remember that class, that unbelievable season that LSU had in 2019. They too had to go to Austin to take on Texas, and they too had the fight of their lives to get out of there and win. And then the rest was history. What was your takeaway from Alabama's come from behind win, albeit by a point, but still a win in Austin? Oh, they, they're they're lucky they had Bryce Young on their roster because yep. he made some phenomenal yep. plays in the fourth quarter. That's a team that's more flawed um, than I think anybody thought. The receiving core is not <laughs> good. Yeah. That's the most stunning aspect of this. I think the assumption was from everybody, even people at Alabama you talk to, Jermaine Burton is really good. He's going to be a really big-time player for us. Well, through two games, no. He is not. Jameer Gibbs is good, but the offensive line is maybe, maybe as good as last year's. I'm not even sure about that. Plus, last year's offensive line was a was a weakness. Eli Ricks was supposed to be this stud corner. He played five plays against Texas, none on defense. Mm. So you wonder about Eli Ricks. Yep. Um, Tyler Harrell, the transfer from Louisville, the wide receiver, uh, hasn't played a down yet because of injury. Tyler Steen, the tackle transfer from Vanderbilt, um, he's been okay, but not what they thought they were going to get or not what they needed. So um, the defense did some good things. But, again, if Quinn Ewers plays the whole game, maybe Texas wins because Quinn Ewers throws the ball deep with no compunction, sort of a big-time, old-time gunslinger kind of quarterback. That ain't Hudson Card. Um, So, yeah, Alabama has some issues and we'll see how they fix them. Obviously, it's still an extremely talented team defensively, but offensively, um, you know, people were, were blasting O'Brien. There's only so much you can do if your offensive line can't block and your receivers can't get open. Right. And, again, I think they were lucky they had uh, yeah. um, as long as, the court- as long as they got Bryce that quarterback. Young. 
as long as they got that quarterback, they're going right. to be in every game um, regardless. So we shall see. All right, that was week two. If you don't mind, Mike, let's take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to get your thoughts on week three. Not, not the greatest of schedules, but there are some pretty good games here, and we'll talk about that. And I can't wait to hear his thoughts on your thoughts on Mississippi State LSU. We'll be right back. Mike Huguenin on 3.com here on the Jordy Helpert Show. All right, we continue on this uh, Hump Day Plus One with Mike Huguenin from On3.com. We discussed week two and some of the great matchups that were that took place there. Here we are, week three. So, Mike, let's get delve into it real quick. Uh, number one, Georgia, 2-0 at 1-1 South Carolina. Georgia favored by 24-and-a-half. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think much of South Carolina. I think you look at last week's game, they, they lost 44-30, to 30 and you're like, wow, that was close. And then you look a little closer – Spencer Rattler threw for 85 yards in the first half. You, you can't if, if he throws for 85 in the first half against Georgia, that game's over at halftime. So yeah. um, Spencer Rattler needs to get going early. I don't think he's going to be able to. I think they're going to the, – the offensive line for the Gamecocks struggles on pass protection. I think Rattler's going to be running for his life. All right, Cal at 2-0, and traveling to South Bend, Indiana for just the fifth meeting between the Golden Bears and the Fighting Irish, who are 0-2 in the Marcus Freeman era. Uh, Cal's Jack Plummer, pretty good passer, 278 yards and a 20-14 to win over Nevada, Las Vegas. You mentioned Tyler Buckner is done. Can uh, Do the Irish go 0-3? Favored by 10 and a half. He, yeah, pa- Cal plays really good defense. Um, really good. And, you know, you, you mentioned that the plumber, uh, transferred from Purdue through for 278. UNLV is horrible. And if you only score 20 on UNLV, you don't have a good offense. So Cal does not have a good offense, but neither does Notre Dame. So this will be, to me, a 1970-style Notre Dame game where it's 13-10, 17-13, something of that nature. Um, Cal is going to make life miserable, I think, or try to make life miserable for Drew Pine. Yeah, this one, Notre Dame should be on upset alert because Cal plays really good defense, extremely well coached on that side of the ball. Offensively, though, they're not very good. But, again, neither is Notre Dame. All right. Um, two ranked teams. Number 12, BYU is 2-0. and Number 23, Oregon playing the host role. They're 1-1. and uh, The Cougars taking on a ranked team for the second week in a row. They're visiting Autzen Stadium in Eugene where Oregon – has won 20 straight, but the Ducks are only favored by three and a half. Yeah, this is, this is a fascinating game. Um, BYU last week was more physical than Baylor. And you're like, oh, my God, BYU could not run the ball and still won. Um, and B- BYU's offense they were, was missing its two best receivers as well. So this is a very well-coached BYU team on both sides of the ball. Oregon prides itself on its physicality. Well, you saw in week one, Georgia treated them like high school kids. Um, this is going to be extremely interesting. I think the game being at Autzen is a gigantic positive for Oregon because that is a legit home field advantage, yeah. one of the few on the West Coast. Yeah. But you know, can Bo Nix play well against a good opponent? Um, and that's why I think BYU's got a great chance to win because I'm not a Bo Nix believer. So... <laughs> Um, that said, Oregon's got more talent top to bottom, I think, but BYU is more physical. And again, uh, if you believe in Bo Nix, you bet on Oregon. If you don't, you bet on BYU. 
I'm going to bet on BYU because I'm not a believer either. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just saying. It's a rare early season matchup between teams from the Big Ten and the SEC as uh, 2-0, and number 22-ranked Penn State travels to the Plains of Auburn to take on the Tigers, who are 2-0. and um, Auburn just got past San Jose, 24-16. They trailed at the half, 10-7. Penn State routed Ohio their last game, 46-10. to Penn State is a road favorite, three and a half points. Can the, can all, this would be a huge statement win for Brian Harson, I would believe. Yeah, I agree with you. But I think if you're Brian Harson, you look at your quarterback situation, your wide receiver situation, and you're like, Whew. we can only run the ball so many times. We're going to have to throw it at some point. And I don't think they can throw it. And Penn State plays good defense. Penn State had a very difficult opener against Purdue, which throws the heck out of the ball, and Penn State held up. So the Auburn defense, though, is better than the Purdue defense, and Penn State's running game is still a gigantic question. So um, this one, to me, is another sort of old-fashioned defensive slugfest, but I'll be honest, any time Auburn plays a, an opponent with an offensive pulse, I'm picketing against Auburn because I don't think they can score enough points to beat anybody that, that can score. And I think Penn State can score 20, and I don't think Auburn can. I'm not a T.J. Finley believer either, or whoever their yeah. quarterback is. So I'm I'm with you. Um, this is a, a, a face-off of two kind of elite programs for the Big Ten and Pac-12 that could be a preview of a postseason bowl game. Michigan State, who is uh, 2-0, and ranked 11th in the country, uh, travels to the Pacific Northwest to play the Washington Huskies in Seattle. Uh, this is an interesting game with Washington, the unranked team, but the home team favored by three and a half. Yeah, I'm a little, I was surprised by the, by the line in this one. Washington, obviously, game three for the new coaching staff. Um, they do have a quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., who has played against Michigan State. Now, he didn't play against them when Mel Tucker was the coach. So... Um, but but he is, I think, Penix is, has helped to rev up the offense. Um, and I think the biggest part of that, though, is they have a new coaching staff um, that understands that the idea is to actually move the ball 10 yards for a first down. And I'm not sure the old staff knew that. So um, Michigan State is an extremely well-balanced offensive team. That's what Washington wants to be. I don't know if Washington can run the ball well enough to win this game. Um, it, it is a gigantic test for Kalen DeBoer in his third outing. I think Michigan State's better. Uh, and one problem for Washington, students still aren't in school there, and they're not even sure that the, the stands are going to be full. Um, mm. That's another stadium that when it's packed, it's extremely loud. But uh, I think Michigan State has too many things going for it. Uh, I think Michigan State's going to win. All right, Mike Hugan on 3.com. Number 13, Miami with Mario Cristobal at the head coach. 2-0, they take on, they go on the road for the first time. Uh, they take their first ranked team. Uh, they travel to College Station uh, with the Aggies, despite the loss, still ranked number 24, which has a lot of Mississippi State fans baffled, and yours truly baffled as well. They're trying to overcome that loss to App State. Southern, uh, Miami stopped Southern Miss last week 30-7. to the Aggies, despite the loss, they're at home at College Station, and they're favored by five and a half. Two Nick Saban disciples. Can Miami pull off another upset? 
Yeah, I'm extremely interested. Miami scuffled in the first quarter against Bethune-Cookman and then won 70-17. to They scuffled into the second quarter last week against Southern Miss and actually trailed 7-3 before winning 30-7. So Miami gets off to slow starts. This is going to be by far the most talent Miami has seen on the other side of the ball defensively in a long time. I'm talking about maybe two or three seasons. Now, they play Clemson, and Clemson's got a lot of good defensive players, but this A&M roster has talent on defense. So this one, uh, if, if, if it's D.J. Dirk and the A&M defensive coordinator versus Josh Gaddis, I'm giving the advantage to Dirk. But okay. this is also Kevin Steele versus Jimbo Fisher. This is the eighth time they faced off with Fisher as the play caller and Steele as the D.C. Mm. and Steele leads 4-3, to three, and you're right. I don't think – I think – Steele's looking at game film and going, hey, I remember that play from 2006 when Fisher called the exact same play when he was at FSU or LSU. So this is, I think, what is A&M's offense going to look like? Um, That's the key to me. A&M is a more talented team top to bottom. Uh, Miami's got by far the better quarterback. Um, A&M's got the best running back in the game. Neither receiving core is all that good, though Anaya Smith is better than anybody at Miami. And A&M's better defensively. So I think A&M's going to win, assuming they make the quarterback change. If they run okay. Haynes King out there again, oh, man, I'd be shocked. And I'd also be, if I'm an Aggies fan, picked off. But I yeah. think A&M's going to win. All right. Uh, LSU hosting Mississippi State. Will Rogers currently leads the SEC in passing yards. Completion percentage, nearly 79%, and passing touchdowns with nine. No other SEC passer has seven passing touchdowns this season. Everybody talks about the air raid, but I'm here to tell you, I think Mississippi State's defense is one of the better defenses in the SEC. LSU rebounded against a hapless Southern um, and a stat, Bulldogs are 9-0 and under Mike Leach when they score 30 points or more. <laughs> Mississippi State's only won twice in Tiger Stadium in the, in, the, in the 2000s. But the Bulldogs are favored by two and a half, and a lot of people think they're being slighted, not in the top 25. What does Mike Huguenin think? Yeah, you're right. Zach Arnett, the defensive coordinator, uh, he knows what he's doing. And you look at the talent he has on his roster and you're like you know individually these guys for the most part aren't really mm-hmm. well known but it's the the sum is greater than the you know the, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts there right. um and the offense will rogers and michael leach are sort of on the same wavelength that's at a difficult defense a difficult offense rather to defend you sort of got to play soft keep everything in front of you um, yeah. You need to get some pressure on Rodgers, and Ojulari being back should help in that regard. But I, I'll be honest, I can understand why Mississippi State's favorite, because I think they, they've looked good thus far. Um, Will Rodgers is a third-year starting quarterback for Mike Leach. Again, that's, you're on the same really? wavelength. that he, Will Rodgers knows where to go on every pass, it seems like. So um, if LSU plays like they did in the opener, they're losing. Mississippi State's better than FSU. So you need a big game from, from Daniels. You need some running. FSU yeah. has to FSU. LSU has to rediscover its rushing attack. I think right. if they can run the ball effectively, I'm talking like 140 or plus yards, they can win. I don't know if they can do that. 
I think the LSU receivers can do some damage against the Mississippi State secondary, but considering that the LSU defensive secondary has got so many sort of I think six six transfers are playing key roles. I'm not sure they've all they're all on the same page yet. So mm-hmm. tough job for Matt House on Saturday. But again, I think the the entire key to this game, LSU has to run the ball if they're going to win, and I'm not sure they can. Uh, we saw against Florida State third down conversion after third down conversion after third down conversion. Um, I think Will Rogers is a better quarterback than the Florida State quarterback. Although yeah, the Florida State quarterback was really good in that game. But, um, boy, he gets rid of the ball quick, and they, they run those patterns where they get you confused if you're not, on the, if you're not on, in sync and communicating to one another. And that's what scares me. And I'm, I, I agree with you 100%. LSU has to run it simply to keep the, the chains moving, keep the, the clock moving, yeah. and keep Mississippi and, State's offense on the sideline. Exactly. And you talked about, you know, Will Rogers gets the ball out quick. Again, that goes back to he's in his third year in this offense. And he... he it's not a complicated – you talk to players who play on the offense. It's not complicated. It's simplistic. You just have to be at the right place at the right time, and the quarterback has to make the right read at the right time. And Will Rogers does a great job of that. Again, like you said, he, I think he's going to end the season completing 75% of his passes. Unbelievable. Um, you know, not a lot of long shots. Most yeah. of it's short passes, controlled passing game, gets the ball out quick. But, yeah, if you're – Ojulari in your back, are you even going to, you know, get close to the quarterback because he does throw it all, throw it so quick. Mm-hmm. So you got to play soft. You got to keep everything in front of you. But again, I, the key to me is LSU has to run the ball and be effective running the ball. Get some first downs, two clock, keep Mississippi State's offense on the side. The state get to 30 points because they're nine and zero under leaks if they do, or is this a low scoring game? No, I think it's I think it's like a thirty one twenty three kind of game with Mississippi State winning. I think the I think LSU's DBs are talented individually, but yeah. only the third game they played together. I know went, a lot of them went through spring ball together, but it, you know Seven Banks coming back. I assume on Saturday that will help. Right. Um, but Makai Gardner, uh, Bernard Converse, uh, all these transfers, they ain't seen this kind of offense before. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. You're right. Who's uh, the front runner for the Heisman today? Is it still Bryce Young or is it somebody oh, I else? Think it's, Ste- I think it's Bryce Young. Um, he's playing extremely well. I think C.J. Stroud is still up there, obviously. But um, you know, the, the North Carolina quarterback Drake May is making some pre-early season noise, and I think Sam Hartman being back at Wake, that kid is really good. But his Heisman candidacy depends on what happens next week when Wake Forest welcomes in Clemson. They lose to Clemson, he has no chance of winning it. I tell you what, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. I think Jaden Daniels is a really good quarterback. I think he's been terrific for LSU. And I think people looked at him at Arizona State, and he sort of plateaued last year. I don't think that's his fault. No. Arizona State last year had so many problems, internal and external. So um, they didn't have – they had one good receiver. Um, They had – their running backs were good. Um, but uh, the, the issues with Arizona State were not quarterback-related last year. Mike Hugan and On3.com, enjoy week three of the college football season. Thank you, as always. You're the best. Always enjoy. Talk to you next week, man. Oh, Thanks. Hi, right, buddy. Michael Hugan in here. Uh, we've got college football, but it all begins today with the NFL week two. 
Uh, bigger wins? Uh, you can expect it with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. Bet on the char- Chargers or the Chiefs to win. If your team leads by seven at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037 game only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Moneyline bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms to DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. The Schwab NFL picks next on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Sign up right now for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com so you can score tickets, gift certificates, and more. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Week two of the NFL gets underway tonight with a dandy as the Chargers will be an arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports, kind enough to join us with his expert analysis on the big games this week. Frank, thank you for your time. Good afternoon. I guess we learned in week one that uh, expect the unexpected and expect some coaching gaffes along the way. <laughs> very true, very true. And, yeah, I mean, uh I'm surprised, surprised you were able to call. I didn't know if he maybe had a heart attack on sa- Sunday with oh, that yeah. Saints finish. Like, yeah, it uh, I mean, what a week one that was, really. I, it was, it was just wall to wall, just, just drama and, and great yeah. games all the way up right until that the end of that Broncos Seahawks game. Spectacular stuff. All right, let's get busy. Uh, Justin Herbert against Pat Mahomes. Uh, didn't look like Mahomes missed. Uh, uh, his speedy wide receiver is now in Miami, uh, but the Chargers can pass rush with Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. Um, Chargers are four-point underdog on the road. What do you think? You know, sometimes you get stubborn, right? You, you, you hang on a little too long to some teams, but I'm going to hang on to the Chargers. I thought the Chargers were going to be fantastic coming into the year. I picked them to win the AFC West. And if I pick them to win the AFC West, i got to pick them to win this game. So yeah. that's where I'm at. I, I, look, the Chiefs look great. And I did, you know, right before the season, the last couple weeks before the season, you start to think it's just, just going to be one of those years where Mahomes and Andy Reid just go 14-3 and three and Mahomes throws for 50 touchdowns. We're like, why did we ever question this guy? And certainly right. week one, that was one of the themes. Mahomes looked unbelievable, as he always does. And you just realize, yeah, this, this guy's going to make anybody into a star. Like, that's just who he is. He's one of those few handful of quarterbacks that could just make anybody great. But uh, so is Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's a, a really, really good player. And I'll yeah. say this, yeah, I'm going to take the Chargers to win. I don't underestimate the loss of Harrison Butker. The Chiefs kicker yes. is out tonight with an injury. Yes. That's not a small thing. I, you know, we, this is going to, in my mind anyway, going to be a close game, going to be a competitive game. And when you get to the end and you don't have your Pro Bowl kicker there, it Ooh. does change the game and it could, it could affect, you know, who wins this one. Every coach scrambling for a backup field goal kicker and every coach scrambling for who's going to be my backup long snapper after, after oh. week one. It's just crazy. All right, Miami is at Baltimore. The Ravens, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Dolphins were impressive in their opener. So was Baltimore. Um, Dolphins on the road. Uh, that, man, can they, can they hang with 
Lamar Jackson and the Ravens? Tough one. Tough, tough game. And, uh, you know, the fact that it's three and a half is, is the perfect line because I sit there saying, I want to take the Ravens, but boy, that extra half point really looms large. It's just sitting there. I'll say this about the Dolphins. They did look good, good win and all that. And Bill, Bill Belichick, after the game, got some flack for. He basically came out and said, look, we played them even. It was two plays. It swung the whole thing. And everybody was kind of like, what, are we giving out participation trophies, whatever? But he wasn't wrong. The way that game went, Jalen Waddell gets a, just a total bust of a, not a coverage, but just tackling angles. And the Patriots allow him to go for 47 yards with, 13, I believe, 13 seconds left in the first half. That's one score. The Patriots gave up a scoop and score, sack, fumble, touchdown to the Dolphins. Well, that's the difference. The entire difference in the game is those two plays. The rest of the time, this Patriots team that we're just talking about, like they're just dead in the water, they're not going anywhere. Where the Dolphins played even with them the whole time at home. So how good are the Dolphins? I, I, I mean, it was a nice win for sure, but it wasn't dominant. They didn't. You know, you look at twenty to seven and you think, wow, they just killed them, and they really didn't. They they won. Not trying to take that against uh, away from them, but can they go on the road and beat the Ravens? I don't know. I, I'll take the Ravens, but. Man, I wish it was minus three instead of three and a half because I do think it's going to be a close game. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. Who'd have thought that after one week, the Seattle Seahawks would be leading their division and all the other teams in their division would have a loss, <laughs> and yet the Seahawks are heading to San Francisco and they're nine-and-a-half-point underdogs in this thing. Have you ever seen Pete Carroll more happy and enthusiastic after a win because he beat Russell yeah, Wilson right. in Denver? You knew that that meant something to him. Oh, I mean, it really, it. like, it's, it is what it is. You know, I mean, it, it, it certainly was a little more meaningful to get that win. I'll say this, and this is more, look, the Seahawks are the Seahawks. I think they're just going to be a decent team this year, below average, whatever. They got a nice win. But the San Francisco 49ers are the ones I'm worried about now. And, you know, we talked, and I love Trey Lance coming in this season. I thought this kid's in a great situation. He's got a ton of talent, great coach. He's going to do it. He's going to be the guy. I planted my flag. I thought he was going to be great. And now I'm like, I don't know. I just, yeah. it didn't look good that first week. And I get they played in the rainstorm, but I'm worried. I'm going to take the Seahawks. I mean, not to win, but to cover. Maybe okay. to win. And we could reach, you know, when we're talking next week, we could Jimmy. be like, Wow, Jimmy Garoppolo is starting for the 49ers this week. And that's totally on the table for them. I don't think they're going to be as patient as they should be. I think they're going to, if they don't, if they don't look good in this game, I think Shanahan's going to get really impatient. And this is a big, big game for Trey Lance. It's a lot of pressure on him, but yeah. the 49ers kind of introduced that pressure by, by keeping Jimmy around. Trey Lance looking over his shoulder, and this is the kind of game where Look, you can excuse the game in the rain, right? But it's still yeah. a bad loss. But you can excuse it and say, okay, well, it's a monsoon almost. If they don't look good in sunshine against the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday, I think at that point you start really almost panicking yeah. on, is Trey Lance the guy? I'm with you, Frank uh, Schwab, Yahoo Sports. Um, obviously, the appendectomy affected uh, Joe Burrow for a little while there. And, uh, please, Zach Taylor, you have a red – flag in your pocket challenge the dadgum play that jamar chase challenge you that make, makes no sense to me all right uh dak prescott's out for a while they say maybe a month so cooper rush comes in uh because of that cincy i gotta believe is a seven and a half point favorite at dallas yeah and i you know i went back and looked at last week's line before dak prescott was hurt and before dallas looked terrible it was dallas minus two and a half i, I mm. 
I know Dak's good. Is he worth 10 points? I, I no. don't know that. I, no. I think there's an overreaction, and i got to take Dallas on the points. And By the way, yeah, yes, you're absolutely right. And I, I hate one of my pet peeves is when you know something happens near a goal line and everybody says, well, it's just what, they're going to punch it in. It's at the one-yard line. That ain't how the NFL works. <laughs> it's hard down there. Yeah, yeah you're probably going to get it in, but it ain't guaranteed. And I think Zach Taylor probably thought, well, uh, why waste a challenge here? We're at the half-yard line. We're going to get in. And that's the wrong way to think, uh, and it burned them. It really did. So, uh, But I think the Bengals are just fine. They're going to be a very yeah. good football team. I just yeah. think seven and a half is too much here. I think look, the, Cooper Rush I don't think is a great quarterback. But one time we saw him start an NFL game, he, he went on the road on a Sunday night and threw for 325 yards and beat the Vikings. Like, yeah. uh, maybe he's okay. So, uh, yeah, i got to take the seven and a half. <laughs> okay. If – if we start week two with the best game, I think we close week two with the second best game, Minnesota at mm-hmm. Philadelphia. And the Eagles are two and a half point favorites. This is going to be a really good one, I think. Heck of a game. Heck of a game. And it's one of those games where when we're going to, I think we get out of that game and one of those teams is going to be wow, this might be our NFC favorite that we didn't see coming. Because if the Vikings can go on the road after just trouncing the Packers, if they can go on the road and beat the Eagles, I'm going to say the Vikings are this year's kind of come-from-nowhere team, at least until proven otherwise. It's just going to be two weeks in the season. We don't know everything, but mm-hmm. it would be a very impressive win. I love the Eagles in this game just because I, I like the Eagles. I think the Eagles are yeah, a very good too. football team. Yeah, they gave up a lot of points last week to the Lions, but that was mostly after the game was decided. And the Lions did their thing where they backdoor cover. The Eagles look dominant for a lot of that game, and I, I just like their roster. I like their talent. I think yeah. they're the team that's going to be that, wow, we didn't really necessarily see this team coming as a Super Bowl contender. I'm going to stick with that, and I think that I think that they, they I think they get business done against the Vikings. And I'll say that and again, if the Vikings go there and they win, I'll tip my cap and say, man, the Minnesota Vikings are a lot yeah. better than I thought they'd be this season. They certainly uh, took care of the Green Bay Packers. Just out of curiosity, just between you and me, do you watch the, the – um, Buck and Aikman, or do you watch, listen and watch the Manning cast? Honest to goodness, and this is, I think, a compliment to the Mannings. I, I can't watch the Manning cast anymore because I get distracted from the game. I'll real like, last year I was doing it because it's really entertaining. And yeah. then, you know, I got to work, right? I'm writing about these games. <laughs> and right. I'll go, like, I'll, sometimes I'll be like, wow, I can't tell you anything that happened in the last half hour of this game because I'm just listening to Peyton and Eli. <laughs> They're great. That is a, it's fantastically uh, entertaining. And, yeah, I would, I, I mean, if if I was just sitting back as a fan having a, having a beer watching the game, I'd definitely watch a Manning cast because it's just, it kind of breaks the mold of what a broadcast is supposed to be. Those guys right. are so entertaining. They're just off the cuff. Yeah. They're they're not following any of the normal rules. They're just two guys, two brothers, actually, sitting <laughs> yeah, down fun. watching football. Because they know everything about the game that we could possibly imagine. Yeah. It, it's it, I think the Manning cast is awesome. I saw a clip where they, on that, where they didn't call the timeout. Uh, Peyton actually... Yeah. Did 61 t- timeout, timeout, 61 <laughs> hand signals. Call timeout now. Call timeout. And, and they didn't call timeout till the play clock ran down. Uh, what, what was Hackett thinking? What was that? I just think that, it, I mean, if you piece together everything that they said in the post game, it's just that he trusted his player too much. And as a rookie head coach, you kind of want to get the reputation. I trust my guys. And McManus yeah. told them before that last drive, or some point, Russell Wilson said this, McManus told them, Get me to the 46-yard line on the left hash. That's my that's my range. So when Javante Williams gets that ball to the 46-yard line on the left hash, 
immediately Hackett just thinks, well, he told me he's good from there. Let's go. Yeah. Wow. I, I get it. I, I do. But you're you're over you're not taking into account that McManus is going to be very overconfident. Everybody's too confident in their own abilities, right? You almost have to shave five yards off. You just have to say, okay, you think you're good from sixty-four yards? All right, we'll, right. we'll, we'll give you sixty. Okay, all right. That that well, amazing. You you're a little bit too confident. You have to be the coach there. You have to know the odds. It was a, <laughs> it was a hard, hard, hard kick. He almost made it too. I mean, almost he, did. Uh, McManus is a very good kicker. Maybe yeah. in Denver, I'd trust him at sixty-four, but not in Seattle. And I just think that so Hackett gets to the point of he just has it in his mind of we need to get to the 46. They get to the 46, and he's like, shut it down. We're going to kick a field goal. McManus has got this. He told me he's good from there, where he should have been a little more critical thinking about where the actual range was. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. We get down to the very last one, and uh, Tampa Bay, uh, the Bucks, two-and-a-half-point road favorites heading into New Orleans playing in the Superdome. I know this I know the Saints looked awful for three quarters. Fourth quarter it looked like a completely different team. Uh the Saints defense gets after Tom Brady when his line is healthy. They've won seven straight, four straight with Brady in the regular season. Uh his line maybe isn't that healthy. Uh where are you going with this one? I like the Saints really do. I wish yeah, it was plus too. 3. It's two and a half. But even then, I think the Saints, I think it was just a tough game for the Bucs. No God, I don't think Chris Godwin's going to play after the hamstring injury. And like you either. said, their line's really beat up. Donovan Smith plays, it's through an elbow injury. And, I mean, everybody's focused on the Cowboys on Sunday night, and rightfully so. They were terrible. But the Bucs mm-hmm. weren't that good either. They only scored no. one touchdown. It's not like they were just running it up and down the field on them. None of their defense was good. The defense played really, really well. But, you know, as we've talked about many times, Dennis Allen just kind of has their number, Tom Brady's number. I don't know what it is, but he just knows exactly what to do to shut down Tom Brady. He's done great at that the past couple of years, including shutting him out last year. So you have yeah. a Superdome crowd into it. I, I yep. assume that they're just going to be through the roof for this one because this is the game. Right. Like, I mean, yep. you know, if, if, if the Saints could have one game in their pocket all year, it's, it's one of two choices. It's this one or at Tampa Bay. One of those two. It's a huge, huge yeah. game as far as playoffs in the NFC and South goes. So I think the, the crowd's going to be through the roof. I thought I thought Jameis showed a lot in the fourth quarter last week of just, hey, he doesn't have to just be a game manager. He can put something on his shoulders and get it done. I, I think that, yeah. you know, I saw the stat of, I can't remember what it was about passing first downs or something like that, that he had maybe like two or three through three quarters and had like 10 in the fourth quarter when they yep. needed him. I yep. thought that was really impressive for Jameis. thought Michael Thomas showed he's healthy. Cool. Jarvis Landry showed he could play. I, everything points to me to the Saints in this game, and I really do think they win this one. I like him as well. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports, you're the best. Enjoy week two starting tonight with your Chargers pulling off the upset in Arrowhead. Ooh. Let's do it. Yeah, Thank I go you, out Frank. On that limb. I go out on a limb, Jordy. I'll, I'll, this is going to be a great game. Can't wait. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Frank. Have a good one, man. That's Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. So are you ready for week two of Thursday night football? Get ready. Big plays, touchdowns, even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on the Chargers or the Chiefs to win. If your team leads by seven at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Get $200 in free bets instantly. 
when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana, select parishes only. Bonus issued as free bets, one early win token issued at opt-in, money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensing partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem, call 1-877-770-STOP. Back to wrap it up. After this timeout, the Jordy Helper Show in the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the Tigers and the Astros in southwest Louisiana. And you can score big with wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, week two of Thursday night football. They're the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Bet $5 on any football game, get $200 in free bets instantly. Everyone can experience the thrill of an early win promotion. If your team wins at least by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Moneyline bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensing partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles. Gambling problem, call 1-877-770-STOP. If Thursday. September 15th is your birthday. Happy birthday from all of us to all of you. Hope you have a great day. You share yours with 71 years old, the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, Pete Carroll, 61 year old Dan Marino and former LSU offensive coordinator, former LSU quarterback, Steve Ensminger is 64. Happy birthday, Steve. Thanks to Robbie Falk, David Saltz, uh, Greg Almond, Mike Huguenin and Frank Schwab tomorrow football Friday. The regular crowd shuffles in. James, thank you so much for all you do. Thanks to all of you for listening and our partners that make it possible. Until tomorrow, I'm Jordy Helford. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another and be happy. Have a great rest of your Thursday. So long, everybody.